Hello, and welcome back to the Agent Survival Guide podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Rupel, and it is Friday, October 13th. Normally on Fridays, we recap a collection of headlines from the week. Today, we're zooming in on one topic, pulling out five takeaways for insurance agents. KFF, formerly known as the Kaiser Family Foundation, recently released the results of a focus group study they conducted with Medicare beneficiaries in the fall of 2022, right in the middle of the annual enrollment period. In this focus group, KFF asked participants all sorts of questions about Medicare, from the enrollment process through satisfaction in coverage selection. And then they published the information on their site as part of a series entitled Marketing Private Medicare Plans. So not only very specific information that applies to agents selling Medicare, but also extremely timely when it comes to research in our industry. Often we're working with research and stats that are at least a few years old. So it's great to have a study that is this fresh. Some background info on the focus group. It contained a mix of Medicare beneficiaries age 65 and older, as well as adults age 64 who were just about to age into Medicare. Also important for our purposes, there were no Medicare beneficiaries with coverage through a former employer or union. So again, a very specific subset of individuals. There are a few different reports in the Marketing Private Medicare Plans series from KFF. We will be linking to each of those pieces in our episode notes. But specifically, today we are focusing on the report entitled, What Do People with Medicare Think About the Role of Marketing, Shopping for Medicare Options, and Their Coverage? Pulling out five key takeaways for insurance agents during AEP 2024. Number one, the KFF focus group reported being inundated by Medicare marketing, calling out unsolicited phone calls and TV ads as quote-unquote aggressive marketing tactics. In both cases, participants weren't sure who was behind the attempted communication. They mentioned ignoring unwanted phone calls they received, but that didn't necessarily stop the calls from coming. One participant, a 71-year-old male in original Medicare with a med sub from San Jose, California, said, quote, but lots of phone calls, but you know they are scam when they are coming in with a different number, faking to be from Cisco, T-Mobile, from AT&T. But when you pick up the phone, they're talking about Medicare. I get about eight of those calls a day, end quote. Another aggressive marketing tactic that the focus group called out, TV ads and their sponsors. Quick recap here in case this is your first AEP. The Medicare TV commercials that set off the latest wave of updates to CMS requirements didn't exactly lie, but they didn't tell the whole truth either. What they were was misleading, causing confusion for Medicare beneficiaries. Many highlighted specific plan benefits as if those benefits were available to all Medicare eligibles. 
Some also used imagery that mimicked the government-issued Medicare card. KFF performed an analysis on TV advertisements for Medicare during the fall of 2022 and found that 25% of ads contained imagery that looked like a Medicare card. I was not surprised to read that almost all focus group participants had seen some form of these television ads or that most of them were for Medicare Advantage plans. I can corroborate that just based on the ads I've seen during AEP. They're inescapable, loud audio, loud graphics, including those Medicare card lookalikes. What was interesting to read, quote, many participants emphasized they were often confused who was sponsoring the ads and that many ads had the appearance of being sponsored by the government though they believed the ads were in fact sponsored by private companies, end quote. I love the fact that the participants in this study were not fooled by the ads. Now, I know this is a select group of people. It's not indicative of all beneficiaries, but I just love that they were wise to what the authors of those ads were trying to do. Another quote from a participant in the study, this is from a 78-year-old female with Medicare Advantage from Upper Marlboro, Maryland, who said, quote, it's not always clear who is sponsoring the ads. No, because I think sometimes the impression is that the ad is coming from the Social Security office or from Medicare government, and I think some of them are designed that way, end quote. The biggest takeaway here There is a lot of Medicare marketing noise happening during AEP. Beneficiaries are inundated with it, and the calls and TV ads mentioned in the report are just a portion of it. Being able to cut through that noise with effective messaging that's helpful, not misleading, and compliant, that is the ticket. Number two. I feel like this has become a standard survey response when we're talking about Medicare enrollment. I had hopes that it was getting better because of various Medicare educational campaigns and a growing focus on that education. But with an average of 43 Medicare Advantage plans, original Medicare and 8 to 10 MedSup plans, depending on date of eligibility— and then 24 standalone Medicare Part D plans, that's a whole lot of options. And considering that prior to retirement and shopping for Medicare coverage, historically for many beneficiaries, there just isn't that amount of choice. And that's without all the deciding enrollment factors that also need to be considered. Again, I had high hopes, but right there in bold font on the executive summary of the KFF report, quote, most participants found the process of selecting their coverage to be confusing, difficult, and overwhelming, end quote. So that is still very much an issue. The KFF report did highlight that for the participants who used a broker for help during Medicare enrollment, quote, many found them helpful in sorting through the enrollment process. Many brokers were recommended by a friend or family members. 
For people who use brokers, they are seen as a trusted resource, end quote. A 67-year-old female Medicare Advantage beneficiary from Jackson, Mississippi, had this to say about enrollment difficulty, quote, If I had to do it myself, I would say very hard. But since I was blessed to have an agent to come and sit down and talk to me and give me several plan options and go over with me what was there and the physician was in the plan that I chose— it made a world of difference, end quote. One thing I did find surprising, participants in the study reported that they didn't mind if their broker was paid a commission for their services. When asked about, quote, potential biases or conflicts of interest, end quote, participants in the study did not mind brokers getting a commission, quote, as long as they felt they were getting good recommendations on their plan options, end quote. The takeaway here, make sure you're doing everything you can to build rapport and establish yourself as the trusted advisor. That is key to finding success in the Medicare market. Number three, Medicare analysis often comes with comparison between original Medicare and Medicare Advantage, and this report is no different. Each product type has its own set of benefits, and each individual has their own reasons for choosing one rather than the other. For an agent, knowing which plan features are important to your beneficiary is crucial to making proper plan recommendations. KFF asked participants in their focus group to cite the reasons they chose either Original Medicare or Medicare Advantage for their coverage, as well as other deciding factors. For those who chose Original Medicare— or traditional Medicare as it's referred to in the report, participants were looking for low cost-sharing requirements, comprehensive coverage, and control over their health care by being able to see any provider. For participants choosing Medicare Advantage, zero or low premiums were the top reason for selection. Coming in at a close second, low cost sharing requirements for services. Having their doctors in network also played a role in selection, as did extra benefits that typically come paired with Medicare Advantage plans. Other enrollment factors included a relationship with insurance providers, Medicare star quality ratings, and Part D prescription coverage. The key takeaway here be sure that you know the ins and outs of both coverage types and why beneficiaries would choose them. Make sure you're fact-finding so when you get to plan recommendations, you're more likely to be presenting plans that will be a great fit for your client's needs. Number four, plan satisfaction was decently high in the focus group. Most participants rated their coverage either an 8, 9, or 10 out of 10, with 10 being very satisfied. That is fantastic, and we love to hear it. But that being said, KFF did ask participants if they had concerns about their coverage. 
For those who responded with said concerns, most issues were related to the type of coverage the individual had chosen. So some specific concerns for each product type. Those enrolled in Original Medicare with a Medicare supplement plan reported rising cost of premium. For beneficiaries in Medicare Advantage, high medical bills were a concern for some participants. Others were worried about delays in care due to referral requirements and prior authorization. Also mentioned, network difficulties when trying to use additional benefits included in Medicare Advantage plans, like dental, vision, and hearing benefits. Participants in dual-eligible special needs plans reported network issues, citing specialist availability, not being able to see their choice of doctor, and change in policy acceptance. For those enrolled in Medicare Part D, high cost of medication was reported as a concern, whether they got their prescription coverage bundled into their Medicare Advantage plan or through a standalone Part D plan coupled with traditional Medicare. Medicaid and dual-eligible beneficiaries in the focus group reported their own set of challenges. Depending on the state, Medicaid coverage can either be chosen or assigned, both of which were reported as causes for concern. Some dual-eligibles did not know that they were also eligible for Medicaid. And then an issue very specific to current affairs— Dual eligibles reported concern about the redeterminations that began on April 1st, 2023. The takeaway here, after fact-finding, make sure you're going into the details of coverage. If original Medicare is chosen, how can a beneficiary pick up that additional coverage to fill the gaps? If they want Medicare Advantage because of the low premium, do they understand there are still other costs associated? Have you outlined when those costs will occur? How much will they be? Make sure their preferred doctors are in network. Part of fact-finding is asking questions beyond just the concerns that your client voices during the appointment. It's also about walking them through the implications of their decision so they fully understand the coverage they're enrolling in. Number five, there were a few things that struck me from the KFF report that, while not surprising, were insightful. It wasn't the fact that most participants in the study felt that they had made the right choice. It was not the fact that most didn't plan to revisit their coverage decision on a yearly basis. It was the fact that, quote, some wish they had more information before enrolling, end quote. And then, quote, they are unlikely to switch plans going forward because selecting a new plan would be too much work, end quote. And also, quote, they do not feel confident that they would be better off with another type of coverage, end quote. The takeaways here are wide open opportunities for agents. I think the first opportunity is offering that annual plan review. 
set the precedent for it when you're meeting for the first time. Let your clients know that you're willing to work with them when circumstances change. Throughout the year, make sure you're staying in touch and building that rapport with them so that if things do change, they feel comfortable reaching out to you rather than someone new. The second is education. Make sure you're providing information that is helpful to your clients. Maybe that's a printout of the different parts of Medicare or a PDF of the MedSup plan type breakdown. It could be coming back for a second appointment if you get the feeling that they need a little time to digest the information you've given them. Showing that you're willing to take the time to educate first before making a sale That's what people will remember and tell their friends about. Now, these were just some of the responses and takeaways from the report on the KFF focus group. As I mentioned in the open, we will be linking to the full version in the notes, along with the other pieces in the Marketing Private Medicare Plans series. If you have questions about what you heard here today, or other questions you would like us to answer, please reach out. You can call, email, or fill out a form, and we will answer your question here on the show. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you have a great weekend. Stay healthy and stay safe out there. And here's to a great AEP. We will see you next week. The Agent Survival Guide podcast is a production of Ritter Insurance Marketing, an integrity company. This episode was written and produced by me, Sarah Rupel. Script editing by Tina Lamaru. Podcast designed by Urban Rivera. Artwork by Vivian Zhao. Follow along with us wherever you like to listen. 